What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. So we began the Pressure Point series last week, and we began discussing stress. We discussed that stress is a real-life thing. Many are paralyzed by stress. Many are, are, are restricted and many are hindered uh, because of stress in, in, in their lives. Stress is the physio- physiological, uh, psychological, behavioral response when someone feels that there is a lack of balance uh, versus the demands that's placed on their lives and, and they feel that they, are, they don't have the ability to meet those demands, which means over a period of time it will lead to ill health. When someone is stressed out the way that I like to define it. It means that someone is receiving too much pressure in their life in a certain area that hasn't been well assessed or managed. And so stress is something that's inevitable. We discussed that last week. We all go through moments of stress. In fact, let me give you the top causes of stress. I I alluded to it last week, but let me tell you what a little bit of the research shows, uh, the studies show about stress, and let's see if you can identify. Many people say that they're stressed out because of job pressure. Many people say they're stressed out because of money issues, health issues, relationship issues. Many people are stressed out because of poor nutrition, social media overload, it stresses people out. Sleep deprivation, people are not sleeping, so it's causing stress. And so we began discussing that stress is inevitable, but you can prevent burnout in your life. And so we began to discuss how to begin to overcome stress in our lives from a biblical perspective. And I wanna, I wanna lay a foundation of a teaching today, so if you would just do me the favor and indulge me as I, as I just simply teach for a moment. I want you all to focus in as I teach for a moment. One of the teachings that really radically transformed my spiritual walk with God was when I learned that God cares about every aspect of our lives. I don't know if you knew that. Some of y'all been in church all your life, so you're saying, I've been hearing that all my life. You're not giving me any type of new revelation. So, so give me a second as I lay a foundation for those that, that, that really haven't heard that because oftentimes people believe that God only cares about the spiritual things in our life, that if it's not spiritual, then God is not involved. But, but that's, that, that, that teaching, or, or whether you've heard that or believe that, has been wrong because the reality is that not only does God care about our spiritual state and, and that we grow spiritually and that we mature spiritually, but he also cares about our soul. We began to discuss the soul last week. And if you remember, the soul is the mind, will, intellect, and emotion of a person and experiences. That's what makes up the soul. And God cares about our thoughts, cares about our emotions, cares about our well-being. He cares about the experiences that we go through. And not only does he care about the soul of a person, but he also cares about the body of a person. He cares about how we treat our physical bodies. And so 
when I realized in Scripture, uh, uh, last week we began to discuss a, a third John in chapter 1, verse 2. It says, dear friend, I pray, this is God's desire for your life. He says, I pray that you may enjoy good health. So it's God's desire for you to experience good health. He says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. I love certain translations that say, beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper even as your soul, your mind, will, intellect, emotion, experiences. As those things prosper, I pray that you get along well in your body and in your spirit. And I began to look at this particular scripture, and we do have this here, and I want us to put that up, that scripture in 1 Thessalonians, and we can have that up. And I want to encourage you to take notes today. I usually mention in the beginning, but please take out your phones, all of those who are my studious, brilliant uh, uh, people in the building. Please take notes because you retain more information as you write it down. I want you to write certain things that speak to you. I want you to write these things down. The scripture teaches us, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, may God himself, watch this, the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what this is teaching us once again is that every aspect of our life, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, mental, whether it's spiritual, God is concerned about every aspect in our lives. So the teaching is this. We are one person, but we are triune being. There's, there's three aspects of our life. We have the physical body, which is this shell. This shell is the external. It's what you feel. This, this body is what's, it's what's earthly conscious. It's conscious of the earth. It's conscious of the world around you. This is what makes you hungry. This is what makes you tired. This is what wears out and you get exhausted. And then you have what you cannot touch and cannot see, which is the soul of a person. I can't touch my emotions. I can't touch my thoughts. It's the thing that it, that's within us. And so you have the physical body. That's one aspect of our lives. You have the soul of a person, which is the intangible, our experiences, and then you have the spirit, which is another intangible. Our soul is, is self-conscious, and then you have your spirit, which is God-conscious. I'm laying a foundation, and I, and I really hope that, that, that you're with me today. Just follow, follow me today. We have the body that's earth-conscious to the world around me and my needs physically. We have our soul, which is self-conscious, and then we have our spirit, which is God-conscious. Here is the thing that many people don't realize is that everything is interconnected you cannot pour into one aspect and neglect the other without it causing stress and strain in your life the moment you begin to get stressed out emotionally what begins to happen your body starts to feel it feel it anybody know what I'm talking about in fact studies have shown that when people are stressed they have difficulty sleeping when people are stressed, they have weight gain or weight loss. They have stomach pain. They have irritability. They have panic attacks. They have headaches. They have sweaty hands or feet. Praise the Lord. So if you got sweaty hands, I'm going to pray for you today that God take that stress because I, I keep shaking your sweaty hand. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some of you I got sweaty hands started doing like this. Uh, some people experience heartburn. Some people have excessive sleeping. Some people begin to isolate themselves socially. Some people have fatigue, nausea, uh, feeling over overwhelm, obsessive compulsive disorders. What's happening? So emotionally, we're experiencing things. Why is our body feeling it? Because they're connected. 
And what many people don't understand is not only is our emotion, mind, will, intellect, emotion, experiences tied to our body, but also the spirit. Whenever spiritually you start disconnecting from God, your emotions start going haywire. You start getting confused. You start experiencing discouragement. You start experiencing uh, burnout because everything is connected. And, and, and when you get connected to God, not only does that spiritual experience affect you spiritually, but it also affects your mind. It also affects your emotion. It also affects your spirit. So can I tell you today that when you come to this place, it's a full body experience, mind, will, intellect, emotion, body, and spirit. So when you lift your hands, what you're doing is physically I'm lifting my hands, but it's also tied to my emotion, my mind, my will, my intellect, and spiritually I'm doing something that's pouring into every aspect of my life. And here you are thinking, I'm just doing something spiritual. But can I tell you, when you praise God, it will do something to your heart. When you come to this place, when you come discouraged and you came burnt out and you came with a sad face, do you know that if you open your heart today, you can leave this place with joy you thought you never had? See, some of y'all looking mad at me, but I want to know if anybody wants to experience the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength because the spiritual connects to the physical, and the physical connects to mind, well, intellect, emotion. So when you start neglecting your body, and you just start consuming anything that's detrimental to your physical body, it affects your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotion. When you start isolating yourself socially, physically from people, wanting to be by yourself, not in community, that affects your mind, your emotions, your will, your intellect, and your spirit as well, because everything is interconnected. So here is the goal that God wants you to reach. He wants you first to understand, He wants you first to understand that everything is connected. Mind, will, intellect, emotion, experiences, my spirit, everything is interconnected. He wants all of these things to be aligned and what He desires for you is that every aspect of your life be renewed or transformed. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you, uh, it says that you surrender, therefore, surrender your body, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Then it goes on to say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, then it goes on to say in verse 2, it says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. See, body affects mind, mind, spirit, everything is interconnected. And what God wants to do, our journey, here it is, here it is, our journey that we go through on in life is a constant, ongoing journey. You will never reach the status of perfection. We will always experience stress in life. There will never be a moment that you will not experience pressure or strain. If you are living, you will experience stress. If you are working, if you have a business, if you're in a relationship, where are my people that's married or in a relationship? Y'all know what, what, that causes some stress sometimes. Praise the Lord. I know y'all not smiling at me because your wife is right next to you, your husband right next to you. So, uh, uh, but for those that are keep it real, marriage is stressful. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at my wife. She's beautiful. But I know I stress her out, and she stresses me out from time to time. Praise the Lord. If you're doing marriage, if you're in church, if you're serving the Lord, there will be moments of pressure and strain. But the goal for God in your life is that every 
aspect of your life be renewed, that it be transformed, that it reach the fullness. The Bible says in John chapter 10 that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he says, I have come that you may have life and more abundantly. What is that abundant life? It's not about riches. It's not about material things. It's not about wealth. He's saying abundance of joy, abundance of peace, abundance of kindness, abundance of patience, ab- abundance, abundance. See, all that your mind experience abundance, that your will experience abundance, that your intellect, that your spirit, that your body prosper just as your soul prosper. I, I, I hope I'm helping someone today. I hope I'm hoping, uh, I'm helping someone today. And so the goal is for each of those aspects of your life to be transformed. Transformed into what? That every aspect be transformed from not having your body lead spirit, not having your emotions lead spirit, but spirit leading every other aspect of your life. That's what God desires. Because oftentimes when we just let our emotions take rule and reign over our lives, those things will lead us to destruction. You ever, you ever done something? This is what I want to do because I feel like it. And you're looking back like, Lord, I, I, I regret that I felt that way. When you let your emotions take reign of you, take reign of your mind, and that's, you're just letting your mind run, wander and run, and you just let that dictate your behavior, your actions, and your experiences, you will be disappointed. But can I tell you, when you let spirit lead your mind, will, and intellect, and emotions, you will never be disappointed. You may go through frustrations, you may go through disappointments, you may, you, may, you may go through some real tough experiences in life, but you will never regret placing God above all things in your life, physically, emotionally, intellectually, everything. So the goal for God is for you to, to break away from letting your emotions run wild on you and lead your life. He said, I want spirit to lead. That's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, therefore, be filled with the Spirit, because the more you're filled with God's Spirit, His Spirit leads you in your decisions, in your experiences, in your emotions, and everything else around you in your life. So that is the goal. Here's what happens. Can I have Brother Ramiro sway? Can you do me a favor? I have a couple couple items there on the side. There's a table and there's some items on the chair. Can y'all brothers quickly, this is impromptu. We didn't prepare that. Can y'all give it up for my brothers? They didn't, they didn't prepare for anything. Oh man. Come on, let's give it up for them for real. God is getting ready. God is getting ready to use them tremendously. You're going to see how God is going to use them. There it is. There it is. Look how God is using it. That's strength. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Can we set, can we set the t- <laughs> Bring the chair over. All right. Let's see. Let's see if he could do this. Praise the Lord. All right. Oh, hey, praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. You can leave that right there just as it is. Thank you so much. Shout out. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God uses you tremendously as well. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Shout out to my baby, Kalea. She let me use her props. Not really. I didn't ask for permission. She going to be mad at me if she sees these things up here. <laughs> but we paid for it, so yeah. It's all right. See, what happens in life is that, is that with stress, you know, it begins as something small and you carry it around in life. You know, pressures and strains of your family, 
And what our default setting is, is to just carry it around with us everywhere we go. Because we feel that we can handle it, we can manage it. And so we just carry it around. But if you live long enough in life, you will realize that it doesn't just end here. You ever heard the saying, when it rains, it pours. And more weight just gets added. And you're saying, you know what, I can handle this. There was a, there was a professor, you've heard this story, there was a stress management course professor. He was in a college and he's teaching his students and he walks in with a glass of water, puts some water in it, and so this, he, he just comes in, he doesn't say anything, just comes to a, a room full of students and he says, the first words out of his mouth is, how, how, much, how much does this glass of water weigh? And so people, you know, they're a little confused, but they said, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm in, we're gonna roll with it. Uh, they said, you know, four ounces, another one yells six ounces, another one yells eight ounces, and so he's just holding it there. Nobody knows where he's going with it, so he's holding that cup, and he says, what matters is not how much it weighs, but how long you hold on to it. He says, if you hold on to it for a couple hours, your arm will begin to experience some aches. He said, he said, if you hold on to it for long enough, for a full day, if you just hold on to it for a full day, your whole side will become paralyzed. It's the same thing with stress. Many don't even realize that you're paralyzed because things are adding up and you're just holding on to it. See, you thought you can handle it and it just keeps piling up and piling up and people asking, how you doing? I'm doing well, praise the Lord. And you're carrying all your baggage. Praise the Lord. God is good. Yeah, I'm doing well. On the inside, I'm dying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? On the physical, it looked like you got it together, but mind, will, intellect, emotion, you know that they're being affected. And so, and so more stuff is just being added onto you, and you're saying you can, and so when people ask, when you come to church, can you lift your hands? You're saying, yeah. <laughs> because you're holding on to that stress. And so then when, when, when baby comes around and when wife comes around, she asks you to do something, you're irritable because you have all of this stress and all of this baggage. When people just want to be kind to you, you're just irritable and you're frustrated and you're unkind and you're rude because here you are, you're holding on to all of these things and it keeps just piling and piling and we, here we are saying, can you please serve brother in the church? And you're saying, how can I serve? My hands are not free. I'm talking figuratively, emotionally, spiritually. I'm, this is an illustration of how some of y'all live. Holding on to baggage. Holding on to the pressure. Holding on to the weight because you can handle it. And more weight gets added. And added. And this is how we live our life. I want to help you today. Is it alright if I help you today? Because God in the scripture tells us how to handle when we're feeling like this. Because see, as long as you're not free, you can't nurture the relationship with your children the way that you want. You will always be stressed unless you handle it. Stress doesn't go away on its own. You have to address it and you have to confront it. And I know some of us, I like to avoid a, a confrontation, but if you want to live free, if you want to see the fullness of what God has for your life, if you want to see your relationships flourish, if you want to see your marriage grow, if you want to see your spiritual walk, can I tell you, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to change. There are going to be some things that you have to let go. There are some friends that you're going to have to say bye to, ignore. Maybe some people you have to block on social media because the more you hold on to those things, you will never be free 
there are some jobs that you might have to reconsider. I wish I had somebody in this place. I got two or three that know what I'm talking about. As long as you're in that toxic environment and you don't change it and you don't address it and you don't confront it, you will live your life just holding on to dead weight, baby. So I began yet last week to, I'll get back to this, I'll get back to this. I began last week to give you four points, and I want you to write these four points down if you are writing down. I know I shared it, I touched on it, but I'm, I want to go in a little more this week. There are four things that we can do to address this according to Scripture. Here's the first one. The first one, I know you, listen, it, you may say to yourself, uh, uh, Pastor, I, I, want, I, want, I really want a, a real deep, profound theological teaching. Like, I really want you to explain the Greek, the Hebrew, and all of these things. Um, I'll do it next week. But for today, I want to give you something simple. I want to give you four points that are super simple. Because my goal whenever I preach here is not to give you theories and inspire you, but not know how to practice this on a daily my goal here is to give you things that are pragmatic, practical, so that you know how to address this and, and apply these things daily. Here's the first one, and I know, I know it's not deep, but I'm telling you it's going to help you. The first point is to pray. I got three <laughs> that are with me that said amen. I got four. Praise the Lord. All right. The first point is to pray. Look at what the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Some of you are like, I'm anxious about everything. <laughs> and here the scripture is telling you and I, and this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire wor world, like one of my favorite verses because I'm telling you, I go back to the scripture. You'll hear me teach on this so much because, because it, it's so simple yet so profound and so powerful. The Apostle Paul is saying, do not be anxious about anything. But what about my finances, Lord? Don't be anxious about it. But what about my relationship? But what about my crazy kids? But what about my crazy baby mother and crazy baby father? But what about my crazy business partner? Don't be anxious about anything. Are you saying to ignore it? No, no, no. It's not saying to ignore it, but here it is. He's saying, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's not ignoring it. It's not avoiding it. But the first step that we need to take to manage the stress on our lives, because can I tell you parenthetically as a side point, everyone goes through stress, whether you're a believer or not. The rain pours on the righteous and the non-righteous. But here's the thing. For those that are believers in Jesus Christ, we have an advantage. We have an advantage when we go through difficult situations. And here it is, that God hears us in the midst of our situation. In every situation, in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. What does this mean? Most of our default... Whenever we're going through a difficult circumstance, our default or, or our automatic position is to panic. But today I want to challenge you, turn your panic into prayer. And when you get hit with bad news, don't automatically go in panic mode, go in prayer mode. 
When you get hit with a difficult circumstance, don't automatically begin to worry, begin to fear, because that fear is going to paralyze you. That fear is going to make you sick. But if you turn it into prayer, then you'll realize that through prayer, God is going to give you strength. He's going to give you an ability to focus. He's going to give you instructions. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you the encouragement that you need. See, what prayer does is it slows us down. Because usually we panic, ah, we, go, we, call, we call mom, our sister, our brother, we call everybody, look at what I'm going, and automatically we're already proclaiming failure. We begin to profess, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my family, I mean, we just panic mode, I'm going to lose everything, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and nothing has happened yet. I know y'all don't, uh, I'm going to try to not do this. The sound people tell me, listen, when you clap in the mic, everybody can hear that. Sorry, you just. Our default normally is panic. But God says, turn your panic into prayer. Whenever I start getting hit with hard situations, as challenging as it is, because the goal is for spirit to lead my emotions, right? And so whenever I get hit with something difficult, I say, all right, all right if, 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 if the pressure is intensifying, then that means that my prayer needs to intensify. If, if, it, if I keep getting hit, then that's how much harder I'm going to come back with fighting through prayer. Because some of these things, are these battles are not physical. The Bible says that sometimes these battles are spiritual, and you cannot win a spiritual battle with a physical fight you have to overcome it spiritually and so he's saying pray on it pray on it pray on it I know you I know you want to panic I know you want to worry but turn your uh, panic into prayer I know this may sound easier than done and you may say this person who wrote this they have no clue what I'm going through they're easy for them to say not to worry about it. And they don't know the drama that I'm facing. But can I tell you that the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote these words. The Apostle Paul was in a prison, already an elderly man, awaiting his persecution, awaiting to be killed for his faith. Because at that time, they were persecuting the Christian faith and believers. So Rome, under the Roman rule, he was in persecution, awaiting to be killed. He was in a prison cell, already an elderly man who had given his life to God, devoted himself, raising churches and God using him and, 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 and building communities and God using him to do amazing, incredible things. And here the, this man is in a jail cell and he says, don't worry about anything. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to listen to a man that it was experiencing joy because the whole book of Philippians, the theme of that book is joy in the midst of persecution, joy in the midst of opposition, joy, joy, joy. See, joy is different from happiness. A lot of people struggle because they live, they, they, they just want to be happy and everything is about happiness. But happen, happiness is determined by your happenings, your circumstance. If my circumstance is good, then I'll be happy. And if it's not, then I'm unhappy. But joy is something different. Joy says, regardless of my circumstance, this joy that I have will never go away. That's the kind of joy that God wants to give people in this place. The kind of joy that's unspeakable. The kind of joy that you can't explain. How do I know this? It says in verse 7, we don't have that up, but it says, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. The result of praying in the midst of stress, the result of that 
God says, I will give you peace even in the midst of that difficult situation. So pray, pray, pray on it. Pray on it. Some of us, our last thing to do is pray on our situation. We talk about our situation. We go to sleep thinking about the issue. We talk to everybody and their mother about our issue. But God is saying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to talk to me. Because when you begin to pray, it'll slow you down. Some of y'all need to breathe. You're so stressed out, you're not even, you're not even catching your breath. Your heart rate is not proper. Your, the, the blood flow in your system can't even flow. So what prayer does is it slows you down so you can, all right, God, give me the guidance that I need. If there's a lesson in this situation that I need to learn, we often struggle because we feel, we, we often ask the question, why am I going through this? The question is, God, what are you teaching me in the midst of this? See, when you, when you begin to pray, it begins to elevate your perspective. It begins to change the way you view things. It forces you to take a step back to see the big picture. So first thing to do is pray. Let me give you the second one. Am I helping anybody, by the way? Is this helping anybody? Praise the Lord. Let me give you the second thing. The second thing, after you pray, you've got to prioritize. You've got to prioritize. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, if we have that here. Here it is. It says, but seek first his, right, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is speaking about priorities. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. What does prioritizing mean? It means keeping first things first. It means not majoring on minor. Some of us are so stressed out because we're focused on little things. We're focused on pettiness, on things that have no value, that have no substance, what people are talking about me. Some of y'all are so stressed out because of people's opinion of you. God wants you to break out of that, about what others' opinion of you is. What is God saying about you and your circumstance? You're so concerned, how, what people think, how do they think I look and, and the way I speak and my, and my credentials or lack thereof, what people's opinion is. And God is saying, listen, you got to get your mind out of that. That's, that's not priority. This is about priority. Keeping first things first. Priority, priority, priority. Oftentimes we struggle because we don't have the right priorities in the right place. If getting out of debt is one of your priorities right now in this season of your life, then you have no business going out. Spending money on, oh, I, can I... Can I keep it real? Is that all right? Eating out every day, buying new outfits, you got new J's, you got new Yeezys, you got all of that. And, and, if, and if right now is getting out of debt and really investing in the financial aspect of your life, then you got to, you got to really assess your priorities. Because if your priority is to look a certain way to impress others, your priority is not in the right place. 
Oftentimes in relationships, can I tell you what most relationships struggle? I, I, I've, I've talked to people, you know, as, as they're getting ready to, to get married. I do a lot of marriage counseling. And, and one of the things that I, I, I often want to look for is whether these people have the right priority in the right place. Because I usually, usually is the man. And men, I love you. Uh, I'm with you. I'm one of you. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm putting you out there. I'm coming for the ladies as well. But right now it's for the men. Usually I'll hear, you know what? I have to have this specific car before uh, I actually commit to my marriage. I have to have a specific uh, house before I get, I have to have a specific amount of figures in my bank account for, so then your priority is in the financial and material instead of committing because of love. I'm going to help somebody today. So what happens, I'm not going to look at you because I, I, know, I know I'm coming for you. So what happens is when you lose those possessions, what will you have left? Because your priority is the physical. Your priority is the financial, the material. I'm not saying to neglect those things. I'm not saying those things are not important. But make what's priority, priority. Make your relationship, make commitment, priority. Make love, priority. Make, see, because when you make priorities, that's, that's what guides where you're going to invest your time, your treasure, and your talent in. When you have priority, it would dictate where you're going to invest your commitment in. And you can't just go along in life saying, well, they know my heart. <laughs> Try to tell your boss when you don't show up on time or you start missing days for no reason. And you say, but my boss knows my heart. <laughs> you know we do that with God. I don't go to church, but God knows my heart. You better take your funky excuses out of here. Because if God is your priority, I'm sorry, my hair is getting a little out of whack. If God is your priority, then you will make the commitment to invest your time, your treasure, and your talent. Just like my marriage is after God, my priority. So I make the commitment. I don't make excuses. I make commitment. And if God is your priority, you don't make excuses. You make a commitment. And if your children are priority, you don't make excuses. You make commitment. But if turning up is your priority, you're going to make that commitment as well. If just, if just wasting your time is your priority, if wasting your energy is your priority, then you will find how to waste your time in the wrong relationships, in the wrong things, wasting your money, wasting your time, wasting your talent. Because where there is a will, there is a way. Do you know, this is the hard part, priorities. Because when you create priorities in your life, you begin to create boundaries. I alluded to this last week. Boundaries. I'm a very simple man. I'm very simple. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just, I'm just telling you how I live because, because I, I strive to live a stress-free life. I'm very simple. First things first, God is, is, is first and foremost in my life. No, not even my wife. Y'all know how much I praise her and I love her here. Y'all know how much I love my daughter. Y'all know how much I love her. But God is first and foremost in my life. So because when my wife met me, that was my priority, seeking God, serving God, I've always invested my time and attention to the things of God. So because that's a priority, it creates a healthy, a healthy boundary in my relationship. Sometimes I'll be praying in my room. I'm on my knees and I'm praying, praying to God, just having my time with God because I believe he's priority, so I give him my time. So I pray. And my wife, I can hear her coming in the door. And when she, sees, when she sees that I'm praying, you know what she does? She walks out. She says, let me, he's going to have his time with God. And once he's done, 
I'll have a conversation with him. That's healthy boundaries. Very simple. God, my marriage, my family, career, business, ministry, and personal health. Those are my priorities. So I don't struggle in life trying to give my energy to things that don't nurture those aspects of my life. And so often we get stressed out because we don't have priorities in the right place. Priority is about investing in the things that you need to invest in so that you're able to make withdrawals out of those. See, when you invest your time into your family, your children, your relationship with God, into the ministry, into your busy career, you're able to make figuratively withdrawals out of those things. But if you're constantly taking from all of these things and never pouring into it, you will be bankrupt spiritually, emotionally, mentally. So it's about creating priorities. And when you create priorities, you create healthy boundaries in your life. Some of y'all really need to assess your life, the things that you're doing, your relationships, your actions. Begin to assess your thoughts, your mindset, and say, okay, am I really creating healthy boundaries? So when people hit you up with drama, you just invested in the drama. You want to know what's going on because that's your priority. But you need to break out of that. And if it's not important, if it's a minor thing, don't focus on the minor. Major on what's important. Major on the majors. Don't major on the minors. When you have priorities, you will begin to create time management in your life. I'm getting to the pragmatic. Am I helping anybody today? Is this helping anybody? I'm, getting, I'm breaking this thing down. I'm teaching. You begin to create your boundaries and your time. You begin to analyze it and say, this is where I will invest my time. Can I, can I give you, a, just can I give you a quick word? Maybe some of you will catch it. Uh, oftentimes we're stressed out because we, we feel that we have so much going on, but not enough time. Okay. But can I tell you the real issue is we don't manage the time. Here it is. Here's the grenade. We're not managing our time. Everyone has the same 24 hours. Multi-billionaires have the same 24 hours you do. And here you are talking about I don't have time. World leaders have 24 hours in a day just as you do. But it's about how you're managing that time. Are you maximizing your time? Even if it's 30 minutes to an hour that you have with your children, is it interrupted or is it you're on your phone while your kids are there? That's not quality time. If you're out on a date, like I, I often go out with my, with my wife once or twice a week, I try to do it because it's priority to me. And so we go on a date and we'll always spot the one couple that both of the people are on their phone when they're supposed to be on a date as well. We have a rule. We don't pull out our phones when we're, when we're on a date. We like to talk because I'm in love, because I enjoy my marriage, because I invest in it. See, when you invest, oh, there you go, girl. You're already pregnant. Slow down. Let's have this baby first. Slow down now. Let's have this baby. And then we'll go for the third. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Stress. Lord, have mercy. Uh, and you always, I always see the couples that are both there, supposed to be spending quality time, and they're both, on, they're distracted. Why? Because they're not realizing what's important. You can't get your time back. It's, you can always make money. You can always rebuild your business. You can always make friends. You cannot 
get your time back. And so some of us are stressed because we're investing our time into things of no substance. Can I tell you, you will start losing stress when you make the first things first, when you prioritize, when you create healthy boundaries, when you say, God, here is my time, here is my energy, here is my commitment, here is my life, here is everything that I have, God, I'm giving it first and foremost to you. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, let me speed through these two next points. The third thing is to plan. You got a plan. You have to have a plan. First you pray, say, God, give me the plan. Give me strategy, God. How to begin to assess all of this because I'm carrying all of this. So first you pray. All right, God, I'm going to lay this weight down. That's why the Bible says, come to me, all who are weary and tired. And the Bible says, I will give you rest. You know, in order for things to get back into place, you're going to have to let it go, right? In order for you to create some order, you're going to have to actually let it go. When you see that laundry piling up, it's not going to do itself. When you see them dishes stacking up, <laughs> like often it is in my home, praise the Lord, and I'm supposed to do it, and I'm looking at it like, Lord, I need strength, I need wisdom, I need God, I need God, I need your presence right now, because I just see a pile and pile, and that's most of our lives. We just see the issues around, and we just say, it's going to take care of itself. It's not. You actually have to let it go, and you have to start laying it down. Priority, right? Okay, uh, I have, this is what's priority, my A, B, my C, my... <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Don't distract me. Hold on. So, okay, this, this is priority. This is what I need to get first. And this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. This is not it. Okay, I'm going to take care of this, but I got to assess first. I have to pray, and, and, and I got to... Are, are, are any of them here? I hope so. I'm getting close. Okay, okay. See... I'm so glad you did that because that's, that's, when you plan, here's the thing about planning. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you don't have a plan for something, if you don't adjust your rhythm with your spouse, if you don't communicate, you're always going to be stressed out. I find that I have to constantly communicate with my wife, with my family, with my friends. I have to constantly communicate. I have to verbalize what's happening in my life because that's the way that I plan my life around. I don't make assumptions that people know what I need to do, that people know it can read my thoughts. You know some of y'all are stressed because you expect people to read your thoughts. Nobody can read your thoughts. And so you have to communicate. And as you're communicating, you have to begin to assess, do I need help? She just helped me out. She said, keep going. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need, most times, if not all the time, we need advisors. We need counselors. That's why you come to church, because every time you hear this word, it's advising you. It's counseling you. Look at what the scripture says. Let's pull, let's pull that up. It says in Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Before you go out on that venture, before you step into that role, plan first, plan first, communicate, pray, strategize, prioritize, plan, 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 plan. You must, because when you plan, it will lead to profit. It will lead to success. It will lead to you achieving what you set your mind to. And then you have to start, the Bible says that in a multitude of counselors, there is success, that it leads to success. You gotta say, okay, do I need advice in this area? 
Let me give you a gem. Never make any major decision without consulting wise people in your life. Never make any major decision without consulting two or three wise people that God has placed in your life. Don't just do it because of emotion. I just feel like it's the right thing. Don't do it. You're going to get stressed out. But when there's a multitude of counselors, you'll have people praying for you. You'll have people covering you. You'll have people encouraging you. So here it is. I needed help. She told me to keep going. All right. So priority. This is what I need to handle first. All right. Here we go. And you actually plan it out. And then we get to the fourth point, and this is our close on this point. You have to produce. You have to execute. You have to implement. Let's pull up that scripture. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it's dead. If you just pray, prioritize, and plan, but there's no action, it will be in vain. You've got to produce. You've got to apply it. You've got to actually put the pieces together. You actually have to, you're you're waiting and saying, God, take me out of debt, Lord, please. No, no, no. God is going to give you wisdom to take yourself out of debt. God, I need to get healthy. Heal my body, please. God is going to give you the strength so you can eat better and you can exercise and you can do what you do to take care of your body. All right, I'm starting to miss some of y'all. I'm starting to lose some of y'all. God, I, I need to fulfill this business. God, open doors. No, God is going to give you the wisdom and the strategy, but you actually have to put the pieces together. See, there is an aspect of grace. There is an aspect that God is always with us, but there's also another aspect of accountability and responsibility. Having faith is not an excuse to neglect the important things in your life. Well, I'm just going to pray on it. Yes, but then you also take action. You also implement. How do I know this? The Bible itself says that if you have the faith, but there is no action, it's as good as dead because it just stays in the air. It just stays in your mind, but you have to begin to produce. You begin to put the pieces together. Because some of y'all feel like you're, the pieces of your life, most, they're all over the place. They're all scattered. So what you need to do is assess. You need to lay it down and say, okay, let me start putting these pieces together. Am I going to be able to do it in a day? Absolutely not. In a month? Probably not. Three months? Who knows? Six months? Who knows? A year? Who knows? I don't know how long it will take you, but trust and believe that if you put God first and foremost, you will see those pieces in your life start to come together. I want to declare to somebody today, my God, before I leave this room, because you're saying, Is it, are the pieces of my life ever going to be able to come back together? And I want to declare to you today that there is hope that if you are alive today, it's another day. And God is saying you have a new opportunity to lift your hands and say, God, will give me the victory. If you're saying, I wasted all my time in the past, but I want to declare to you today that if you make up your mind to say, God, here is my life, that God can redeem the time that you wasted, I want to prophesy to someone today who's saying, my life has been in pieces. Can I tell you, we serve a God who's a restorer. I wish I had somebody today that would believe it. I serve a God that's a restorer, a God that's a healer, a God that's a deliverer, a God that can put the pieces back together in your life. Uh, 
Look, do me a favor. If you would be so gracious, just look at the person beside you and tell him he can put the pieces back together. Just let somebody know. All right, tell somebody with some confidence. Come on, tell him he can put the pieces back together. I want to encourage someone, don't lose hope. Don't lose faith for the God that is creator of the universe, the beginning, the end. Almighty God wants to let you know that he is with you, that he is for you. I wish I had somebody that believed that today he can put the pieces back together. But do you trust him today? You got to trust him. You got to say, God, here are the pieces. So long as you're trying to do it on your own, the pieces will not get, get put back together because some of the issues are so big in your life that you can't do it on your own. I always say this, and I repeat it constantly. If you could have done it on your own, you would have done it on your own. But that's why we're in church, because we need Jesus. It'll put the pieces back together. Whenever, whenever we're going through moments of pressure, I'm going to invite the team. Come on, come here and join me. Whenever we go through moments of pressure, you ever got some fresh soda, one of those cans or one of those, those liters? You ever shake those things? A fresh thing of soda that's warm? What happens when you shake it and you just open it? Some people have so much pressure and they've never released it that the moment that they do, it's just, it seems like it's a mess. Or some people just hold on to it. And today, I want to give you the opportunity today, by faith, because I know I can't put your pieces together right here, right now. This is something that's by faith. I want to give you the opportunity today, if you haven't done it, to say, God, here is my life. Here are my pieces. Here are my issues. This is what's causing me pressure. And I want to commit those things to your hands because I'm tired of holding on to it. I've done it all my life. I've always been there for other people and nobody's there for me. I'm always looking out for other people and nobody. But can I tell you that you can go to God with all those pieces today? Would you do it today? Would you say, God, here are the pieces. Give me wisdom. Give me the help. Give me the strength. Make a commitment to make him priority so that he could give you the strategy on how to put those pieces together. That is my invitation to you today. Family, I want to thank you once again for tuning into the Hope Puddle Podcast. Wherever you find yourself listening to today's message, whether you're at home, at work, in your cubicle, working out, doing groceries, listen, I want to thank you and know that we are praying for you. The listening experience is wonderful, but can I tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. You've got to come out to experience a Hope Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 1.30. You can find more information on our services, on our ministry at myhopecenter.org. You can get connected to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. Make sure to stay connected to us. Subscribe to our channel. That way you can get notified instantly whenever we download a podcast and give us your feedback. We want to hear from you. You can write us at info at myhopecenter.org or you can write us a message on one of our social media platforms and just let us know what is speaking to you, what blessed you, what ministered to you. If you have any prayer requests or if there's any need that you may be going through, let us know how we can pray for you and stay connected to you. We want to hear from you, my people, my family. One last thing, make sure to mark your calendars for August the 18th this year from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m 
and we will be hosting our annual My Hope Fest. We had an incredible event last year, and this year it's just going to be bigger and better. If you want more information on that, go to myhopefest.com and just know that we are here for you and for our community. I hope to see you Sunday at one of our services, and I hope to see you on August the 18th at My Hope Fest. So until then, family, peace, love, and God bless.